Hello, boys and girls, or ladies and gentlemen, whatever you want to prefer, whatever you prefer. Uh, welcome back to uh, the sanctuary, the nerd out sanctuary. I'm your fellow nerd here to give you some good old recommendations or just to discuss and talk about some good movies, TV, video games, comics, sometimes novels, sometimes we'll see. But uh, yeah, welcome to episode nine. I know, can't believe it. I can't, I can't either. It's episode nine. I hope uh, everyone who's listening in is enjoying these. I uh, hope you uh, keep enjoying them. Uh, sorry if there's a little bit of an echo. Um, I just moved some stuff. I'm trying to work out some, uh, my set for what I'm going to be recording a, another episode this weekend, my big one on the trilogy of movies that I was have been um, discussing previously. But... uh. Yeah, um, take a drink of my Yerba Made energy tea. It's pretty good. It's not bad. Anyway, getting back to the podcast, the Nerd Out podcast. Um, yeah. So some updates. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm recording on my my camera right now just to test it out. I'm not actually gonna upload anything to YouTube or anything, but that will be the next episode. Hopefully. This sort of goes well. I kind of get the framing right. Um, my set definitely needs some work for sure. Definitely doesn't look as good as when I was back at home. So I don't know. We'll see if you guys want to, I don't know, depending on, I'm going to try to make it look as as, as nice as possible. I, I might not even go with this angle or this setup. We'll see. Not too sure, but uh, so... Yeah, uh, look for that on uh, the next in the next episode of Nerd Out Sanctuary. I mean, again, I'm going to be recording the video. I'm not just going to be audio recording. I'm going to be recording the video because I have my camera and I have I'm getting I'm, I've gotten familiar with it. And I can record with it now. I just need to get the set, my backdrop, nice and hopefully it's decent to look at. And because you know who wants to look at my fucking face? I don't. I know what I know. I know me personally. I don't want to look at my face, but. I'm putting it on I'm putting it on YouTube for everyone to see because I don't know I'm insane. That's probably the best reason why I'm doing it. So anyway, this will hopefully be the last well, it's probably not gonna be the last just recording. I'll probably do some more of these if I just want to do some quick get in, get out type of reviews, things, shit like that, and instead of like, you know, editing a fucking hour video and that takes six hours it's insane this this new coming episode hopefully won't take me insanely long but probably look for it maybe like next next week maybe on like friday or saturday maybe i don't know i have no idea when i'm gonna be putting it out ah, yeah boy. but anyway so let's get into this legit actual episode i'm just i just i literally just sat down and Got my recording, got my notes here, so we'll be we'll be good. Hopefully we'll get some, uh, you know, I won't have to look up too much stuff. I'm kind of preparing already as I'm recording. Get pull up the Rotten Tomatoes just in case I, I I need to refer to it. But anyway, let's get let's get into this episode. Let's fucking get into this goddamn episode. So I saw a film this weekend, um, just randomly. I just. Um, me and my mom wanted to go see a movie because we wanted to kill some time, and, uh, so I, I, I saw that Knives Out was playing, so, uh, we saw Knives Out, and, uh, 
if you are unfamiliar with the film, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I don't know when it came out, but it definitely came out earlier this year because I'm pretty sure you can either rent it or buy it on whatever place you can rent and buy movies. So it must be like out on Blu-ray and they're still playing it. So I don't know if it's out on Blu-ray or not. That Don't quote me on that shit. But anyway, so if you're unfamiliar with the film, um, yeah, the the plot of it is a famous writer um, mysteriously dies, um, and, uh, it's kind of taken to look like a suicide, and basically the entire film is a remake of Clue. It's a whodunit murder mystery, um, you know, he, he's, he's dead. Now, is it his family or is his state that's responsible? Is it his caregiver that's responsible? Does he, did he actually just kill himself? Like, what's going on here? What what happened here? And that's where our uh, one of our main characters, uh, Benoit Blanc, or whatever, I don't know, however the fuck you pronounce his name, he's some southern private detective played by Daniel Craig. And uh, he's he's mysteriously hired. He doesn't know who hired him, but he was hired to find what happened, find out what happened. So, and that's, that's the movie. That's our movie. It's a big ensemble cast. There's a lot of actors in it. We'll go over the list. We'll go over the, um, the cast. But, uh, the big thing here is that Ryan Johnson wrote and directed this film. And if you're not familiar with Ryan Johnson, he is infamous, well, (laughs) infamously the, the one guy, who did the one guy, the guy who did, um, Star Wars Episode 7, The Last Jedi. So, uh, you know what my opinions on that are from my very first episode on here on Nerd Out Sanctuary, so. But, what's different between me and every other fucking fanatical Star Wars fam out there is that I know Ryan Johnson's a good filmmaker. Like, I know, like, Yes, my opinion on his Star Wars film is pretty bad. I I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it's objectively a pretty kind of a bad film. I mean, it's not all bad. It's not like the worst fucking movie ever. But that's a little it's that's a little harsh, I think, and some people do feel that way and I I don't really agree with those those people that it's like the worst film ever, but it's one of the worst Star Wars movies. Just what they did with the what he did with the characters. I don't I don't know what happened. I mean, it, it's a fluke. Something you know, people make mistakes and some sh- shit happens. And you know, you try different things and it doesn't work. And it, it it is what it is. But I mean, he's also the director of Looper. He and he wrote that movie. He wrote and directed a movie called Brick, which is all which is another really good small indie film. I mean, Looper's not really an indie film. It's a hard sci-fi, you know, movie. It's a hard sci-fi film. It's And it's fucking fantastic. It's one of the best sci-fi films in recent memory. I mean, it came out in 2012, which is actually, it's fucking eight years ago, which is ridiculous. Now I'm feeling old, and I'm fucking 23 years old, and I'm feeling, old. what the fuck is up with this? But, yeah, he's a talented filmmaker, and I know this, and I know he has it. And I know I know it more than others because I'm, I'm I watch a lot of fucking movies and I'm I get familiar with filmmakers because I see the film I really like it I'm like who the fuck is responsible for that I want to know because I want to see more of that more of that person's stuff so yeah knives out um, initial reactions uh, it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty fucking good time it's it's a fun film um, 
Let's see what it got on Rotten Tomatoes real quick. I just, I'm just, I'm really curious. Um, here we go. Okay. Computer's not working for some reason. Oh, geez. 97% tomato meter. Holy shit. Damn. That's that's a really good score, and it's a 92% audience score, too. For So, like, great. Good for Ryan Johnson. Hell yeah, man. Um, let's go over to the cast. The cast is kind of ridiculous. It's pretty insane. <laughs> I remember, like, I, I didn't really know too much about it going into the film. I, I mean, I knew it was good. I heard it was good, and I heard it was kind of like a Clue-esque murder mystery film. So, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, man. Directed by Ryan Johnson. I hear it's good. I'm like, okay, finally good. People actually know that he did a good movie. <laughs> Other than fucking Star Wars. But yeah, you got Dan Daniel Craig as the main private detective, Blanc. You have Chris Evans. You have Anya de Armas, who is, if you don't know who she is, she played um, the K's like, holographic girlfriend in uh, Blade Runner 2049. She's phenomenal in the film. In this film, in both films, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, um, Lakeith Stanfield, who you would you'll—he's from Atlanta. Um, he was also he was also in Get Out for for a little bit. He's an, he's an, he's another small, really good actor who's I, I believe is on the rise. Christopher Plummer, he plays the famous writer. Um, Catherine Lang La Langford, she starred in 13 Reasons Why. She's the chick who killed herself in that movie, right? And that's the same chick? Yeah, I think that's the same chick, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, stacked. Fucking stacked cast list. Um, and everyone brings it. Everyone does a fantastic job. Everyone is amazing. Um, particularly Chris Evans and Tony Collette and Michael Shannon, all three of those guys really bring in, especially, mainly Chris Evans, Chris Evans is, is amazing, he's phenomenal in the film, he, he's, he, there's a lot of shit that he has to do in the film, so, good for him, he, he's pretty great, we'll go, get a little bit more into in depth about that, but, yeah, I mean, just general, like, descriptions in the film, it's, it's just a fun, time at the movies it's just a really fun movie i would i would recommend this movie to anyone like i'll recommend it to anyone go out and see it it's it's really fun it's a fun film to i don't know it's like it's 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 quite hilarious at times it can get really intense at times and, and it's very mysterious it like holds everything until pretty much pretty much the end you kind of we're like, okay, that's cool. I mean, you kind of see it coming, but you kind of don't. It's one of those, but it doesn't really matter because you just had a lot of fun with the movie. It's just a lot of fun. I will admit there is one scene where I was I was dying laughing. It was so funny. It was all Chris Evans and everyone else. It was it was it was amazing. But yeah, it's got drama, thrills. There's twists and turns in there, and then yeah, and then the hilarity ensues as well. But yeah, um. Yeah, it's it's just a general really good time. Like I said, it's pretty much a remake of the Clue film. Uh, I've only seen scenes of the recent Clue film, but I always really enjoyed the board game. I mean, I barely played it as a kid because no one really wanted to play with me. But it was a fun it was a fun board game, and yeah, this is it's it's great. It's a fun. I mean, who doesn't like murder mysteries? I mean, come on now, like. Who does? I mean, you'll enjoy it. I mean, it's, there's a reason why it has a 97% um, on Rotten Tomatoes and a 92% audience score. 
it's because there's really nothing to not like about the film. You know, I mean, therefore it's not really a, it's not like an incredibly risky film, you know, like a, a Star Wars episode, episode eight was, I mean, it took, it took a lot of risks. I mean, you can, you have to say that it took risks. I mean, calculated ones, uh, maybe not, <laughs> um, but, you know, it took risks. I'll give it that. And Looper, Looper's a great um, film that's not incredibly, um, I keep getting calls from this fucking random ass number and it's some automated fucking, I don't know why, it's literally it's the third time they called me today. What the fuck? What is happening? But anyway, back to Knives Out. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much else to say about the film other than go see it. I mean, it's a great time. It's acting is phenomenal. The direction is really great. A lot of the shot composition is really good. I mean, again, he, he, he's a great director. He's, you know, he has, he, he gives you amazing visuals. I mean, it's not the greatest I've ever seen, but it's, it's good visuals. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good film. It's a really good film. So, um, other than that, I mean, does it got the magic though? I mean, does it, does it got the, does it got the movie magic? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rebob. I mean, like I said, it, there's a reason why it's so highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and has an 82 score on Metacritic. It's because it's 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 definitely a it's one of those movies that's kind of mainstream, but like I really liked it. You know, uh, like recently, like a, a good when people like say like, oh, you know, horror movies are taking a really good turn. I'm like, yeah, they are because, you know, you have like movies like The Conjuring and Insidious that come out that are generally mainstream. Like they're mainstream horror. They have all those cliche like jump scares and stuff, but like they're well done. It's really well directed and it's well acted and it's to a high standard. And I'm like, well, yeah, everyone's going to love that movie because anyone who goes see goes to see that and they're looking for a good horror movie and that's what they get if you're looking for a good murder mystery movie that's what knives out is so if it, if anything that i said intrigues you go see it you won't regret it i'll tell you that right now all right moving on to the next topic here uh it's a big one. It's a big one. Uh, like I said in my previous episode when I talked, I don't know if it was the previous episode, but I talked One Punch Man. Yeah, it was my previous episode. I'm um, trying to get into a little bit more anime and watching a little bit more anime because I, I, I really, I really enjoy it. And so I heard about this really big series that, you know, everyone who's into anime has seen, and it's called Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, it's not the original Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Full Metal Alchemist, but it's it's like a newer remake. I don't know exactly how much is like similar to both of them, but I mean, I generally heard that Brotherhood is better, so I watched Brotherhood. But uh, yeah, um, I mean, without like spoiling anything, it's mainly about two bro two brothers, um, they're talented alchemists, which. Al they practice alchemists practice obviously alchemy and uh they basically you know um work under this law of equivalent exchange where basically you take one object and you use that material and you form it into something else that you can create you know there's moments where you know 
uh, this one alchemist, like, uses a bunch of, like, material and, like, it turns it into a fist and, like, punches the enemy using it. It's, it's really cool. But, I mean, a lot, um, but they're, the main thing that between these two brothers is they kind of commit this ultimate taboo, which is they try to perform this thing called human transmutation, which is bringing someone back or creating a human being using alchemy. And they have, and obviously this law of equivalent exchange exists. So to gen, to create something, you have to give something back. And what happens is they try to do this human transmutation and one of them loses their entire body. And the other one, the main character, Ed loses his leg and he loses his his brother and he also but he doesn't want to lose his brother obviously so he brings him back puts him into this suit of armor his soul but he also has to pay a other you know law of equivalent exchange another fee and he like gives up his other his his arm so he doesn't have an arm and he doesn't have a leg now but he still has his brother back but his brother doesn't have his own body he's in this like giant suit of armor and that's kind of where we start out and they trying to find a way to get their own bodies back that's that's the general story from the get-go and without and i don't want to spoil anything else because that's that's just where that's where we're at in like the first episode so um it is i mean full metal alchemist is pretty big i mean if you i'm sure if you're listening to this show, you probably have heard of it. Um, it's it's very. I'm pretty sure it's very critically acclaimed. Hold on, hold on we'll, full metal. Ow. Oh, there we go. Uh, I'm looking at it now. Fuck it. But yeah. Anyway. So, uh, like I said, I'm not an anime connoisseur. So. You have to take my opinion on it for with a grain of salt, but general reactions, I mean, it's a really good show. I mean, there's a reason why it's so big. I can definitely see that. Um, is it perfect? Is it my favorite anime I've ever I've seen? No, it's not. Um, I know a lot of people would probably say it, it is, and I see why it, it would be. I mean, again, I'm also not a very I'm, I don't watch anime a lot, so. Um, some of the stuff and like some of the tone shifting constantly it kind of throws me for a loop a little bit and, and it kind of takes me out of the story a little bit and we'll we'll get more into that um as i i I'm, i go on but i wrote a lot of notes because it's it, i mean i watched the entire series and it's it's on netflix um i think it's on their on other streaming platforms as well but on it's definitely on netflix you know 20 minute episodes there's 13 of them in like a like a part series and there's five parts excuse me so yeah um it's great uh i definitely recommend watching it um if you're if you're a fan anime fan i mean again you you've probably seen it but if you're not into anime um first get into anime (laughs) and then watch it um, it probably, I mean, I guess it, it may be, I don't know if it would be the first anime I would recommend to people. Um, but anyway, let's just, let's just get into it. So I kind of want to get into the world. Uh, the one thing the show does incredibly well is 
well, it does two things incredibly well. It does its characters incredibly well, and we'll get into that later, but it it does it sets up the world really well. The world of Full Metal Alchemist is incredibly interesting. I kind of um went into it a little bit with the whole law of equivalent and exchange and alchemy and all that stuff, but it's also interesting to see how alchemists are used within the world, how they're mainly in the military and they're used for, you know, like military gain. You know, there's a big, there was once this big war, this civil war during this, uh, during uh, in the past where alchemists pretty much went to a nation, kind of exterminated an entire race. Like it's, it, again, it gets really fucking dark. It's a dark show, but again, that kind of, that tone also kind of gets mixed mixed a little bit and kind of inconsistent which again I'll get into but yeah just general a general dark tone but sometimes uh, like I said sometimes inconsistent the show shifts kind of uh back and forth between a really dark mature tone and like using childish humor like one like there's one second where um a, like a young child like a, a father pretty much sacrifices her own child's soul and, like, puts her soul into some, well, like, turns her into a a human-animal hybrid, and it's not incredibly successful, and it's, like, it's really fucked up, and then the next moment is, like, someone's making fun of the main character's height, and he's freaking out about it. It's like, okay, like, I get it, it can be funny. A lot of the humor is funny, um... But some of it's just kind of like weird. I mean, I, I'm pretty. That's just kind of how anime is. And if you're not into that, you're just not really going to be into into anime. I just, I'm just saying, it happens a, like a little too frequently, in my opinion, with the the childish humor, like the whole height jokes of Ed, and just other random stuff that are. I don't know. It's just. I mean, it is a cartoon. So, I mean, I can't really get mad, but I mean, it's also pretty bloody. I mean, it's not incredibly graphic, like a lot of gore, but it, there's a lot of blood in it. And there's a really, a lot of really dark themes, and a lot of characters do, I mean, well, some characters do die. And it's pretty, it's, it gets really dark. But, yeah, um, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, again... The humor won't always bother you. Like, it never—it didn't always bother me, but just, you know, sometimes it kind of got, like, a little, all right, this is a little kind of ridiculous because it's like a they're in the middle of, like, a fight to the life. And like, it's a matter of life and death, and there's a major—this is a major fight, and this, this person that they're—this thing that they're fighting could kill them at any second, and then he gets angry about— a height joke. It's like, okay, come on now. Like, I get it. Ed's 14 and he's small. I get it. All right. I don't need to keep being reminded that he's small. It's not really that funny, but it's also a cartoon. So yeah. Another thing, another criticism that I have of the show is that they don't really go anywhere with any of the romances at all. And I thought there was some potential there and I thought it could have been a play, a, a way to get us a little bit more infested, especially like Ed and Winry. Ed Winry's like uh, Ed's like childhood friend, but he she also like works on um, his arm. He has like a, a metal arm that's re- like replaces his non-existent arm that he lost at the beginning of the show 
to get his brother back that he gave up to get his brother back but now he has like a metal arm and that's what her like she works on um uh, auto mail that's what it is auto mail it's an auto mail arm but yeah uh they didn't really do anything with that like at all even the very end they don't really do anything with it i mean it is what it is also there's a i think um uh colonel uh fuck what's his name colonel ma colonel mustang and uh hawkeye his other like I don't know, like, I I, kind of was kind of confused on, like, what their real relationship was. I was like, is this kind of a romantic relationship? Or are they just kind of doing their own thing? She just wants to protect him because of her father. You'll find out why in the show. Again, I don't want to spoil anything. But, again, I thought there a lot, like, some romances could have been developed a little bit i mean again it's kind of weird me saying i needed more romance in this show when i usually say okay i don't really i like a lot of romances i'm like okay we don't really need this but i'm just like i I don't know it was one of those things where i was just like i wish kind of this happened a little bit but eh. again i'm kind of nitpicking a little bit with the humor and the romances but like other than those things everything about the show is phenomenal um yeah i mean i guess maybe a little bit uh the whole law of equivalent exchange does kind of get a little muddy at the very end. It's kind of like, okay, how I thought this worked this way. It's kind of weird how some alchemists are kind of performing cer- certain alchemy. I'm like, how how is this working again? But it's just like I'm suspending my disbelief. It's like these people are like using magical powers to create random shit out of nothing. Well, not out of nothing, but whatever still really cool and you just kind of have to suspend your disbelief a little bit that's what you have to do with all entertainment and that's just what you also have to do here but other than that i mean those are kind of small nitpicks in my opinion because they they nail the major shit right they nail the world building they nail the main story and it's it's and they mostly they mainly nail the characters it's the characters that make the show very great i mean again it's the characters that make every show that's amazing amazing you know the reason why game of thrones everyone's into game of thrones everyone was into game of thrones was not necessarily because of the dragons and the main battles and the very beginning the teddies but i mean yeah those are all great but it's mainly about the characters and the relationships with that they had with each other and that's the same thing that's amazing about this show i mean every character was great I mean, not all. I mean, not really any of them are annoying, and even the semi-annoying ones are still interesting and still good. I mean, I fell in love with pretty much all of them. Um, I mean, again, like it's, it's why shows like sitcoms are so good because of the characters. You know, it, it shows like you know, Firefly that never happened, like the, the the greatest show that never happened, Firefly. It's because of the characters. Why fans are so upset about that being canceled but yeah uh back let's just get into some of these characters i mean we we have our two main ones edward elric and alphonse elric the two brothers that i talked about in the very beginning both of them are amazing i love alphonse 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 was my favorite i loved alphonse he was great um edward again kind of got a little bit annoying but was still pretty fucking badass at the especially at the very end i i, I still loved ed 
But again, I could have used less with the short jokes. I mean, it kind of got a little old after a while. You know, their father and mother were very interesting. His fa- his father mainly comes into play at the very end, and it's I loved his father. You'll you'll see why Winry and Winry's grandmother there they were hilarious and they were great. I loved them. Again, I kind of wanted that relationship to develop a little bit more between Winry and Ed, but I mean it is what it is. Take it or leave it. The Colonel Roy Mustang was fucking awesome. I loved Roy Mustang. Roy Mustang was my second favorite. The Flame Alchemist. What a fucking badass. Also his men too and lady <laughs> hawkeye was great gene havoc was really fun breda was 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 fun i loved maze hughes maze hughes was such a lovable character i loved him it's what it's kind of what makes the hook and the tragedy of the show a lot very big with maze hughes you'll find out why uh, Zumi Curtis, uh, Edward Alphonse is like alchemy teacher. She was hilarious and she was great and also very badass. Ling, the uh, the Shing Prince that you who you find out I think maybe in part two, the second part of the series, he comes into play. He's really awesome. I mean, he has a lot to. Uh, he really becomes a big character, especially at the very end. The Armstrongs, oh my gosh, they, they were great. Um, every villain also incredibly scary, intimidating, and like really interesting. Um, the villains of the show are really good. Um, and every other character is great. I mean, all the characters are amazing. If I'm forgetting some, sorry, but, uh, they're all great. Yeah. It, I mean, again, nails every single character. It it really helps. Like they've, they develop pretty much every character enough for you to really care about them and get attached to them. And they, every character is inc- very different and have some unique e- either quirk or look to them or different power that they have that make them very interesting. All the characters are very vibrant and st- they stand out. And like when especially when they all interact with each other that, that again another thing's what's so what's so good about game of thrones is the char- different characters and how they interacted with each other made that show really great and that's also the same thing with full metal alchemist it, it makes the show really plays with the character dynamics and it's it, it's really fun it, it's a fun time but yeah I mean, with that, it nails the plot. The plot is very steady, and it's very... There's there's really no filler episodes. I think every episode matters. It either you, It's either used to develop a character or to develop the plot or to progress the plot along. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't waste any time. There's a lot of... There's a decent amount of twists and turns in there, if you, if you like that stuff. Probably some of the best action... I've seen in a, in an anime series. I mean, it's very cool. The action is very unique and cool. With I mean, they're using a thing called alchemy, which is not really used in any other anime that I've seen. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's great. The action's fantastic. If that's if you're if you're an action anime fan, definitely check this one out. If you haven't, but I mean, again, if you if you've watched anime, you've probably seen Full Metal Alchemist. Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean. It's definitely one of my top favorites that I've seen. Um, I'm I'm rewatching a well. I'm watching Cowboy Bebop again because I never really finished it. And I'm I'm starting it from the beginning. I'm definitely going to be watching all that. I'll definitely get back to you on Bebop and how I kind of rank 
you know, it within my anime encyclopedia in my in my head. I mean, again, it's not very large, but yeah. Full Metal Alchemist. It's really good. Check it out if you haven't. I mean, it could be a really good way to get into anime as well because it's it is it, i mean i don't know if i would call it easily digestible like something else but if you just want a pure dark anime check out attack on titan that's really great but if you want to have like it's a dark anime but has a little like a, a decent amount of sprinkle of fun and humor in it definitely check this one out i would definitely go for this one but i mean again uh Ch uh, the humor some sometimes pretty childish. I mean, again, it's a cartoon. Undeveloped romances, and I think some 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 of the laws and some of the elements that make alchemy kind of make sense. You kind of have to you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit because sometimes you're just kind of like, what's wait, how are they doing that again? How does this work? I get it. Oh, they have a you know philosopher's stone type of thing if you if you've never seen the show philosopher's stone is you it makes you kind of get around the whole law of equivalent exchange that's why ed and, and al want to ob obtain a philosopher's stone because that's how they'll be able to get their bodies back i don't know why that didn't that didn't occur to me in the very beginning while i was talking about it but anyway full mount alchemist check it out it's really good so it's probably a good way to get into anime it, it probably is it's it's one of the best shows out there, I think. I know it's heralded heralded as one of the best animes out there. So, yeah, I mean, if you don't want to take my word for it, look online. Everyone will tell you that it's really great. So, anyway, so moving on to our final topic of the day, um, I saw, um, I watched a film, another film recently, and. Uh, yeah, uh, I wanted to see this film when it was in theaters, but again, no one really wanted to go to me, and I didn't wasn't motivated enough to go to the theater by myself. I will be now, but unfortunately, I wasn't able, I wasn't able to catch it in the theater um, when it came out. But uh, I heard it was good, and uh, that got me pumped. I I know the people behind it, and I saw the first movie, and the first movie was The Shining. That's right. I'm going to be talking... I saw Doctor Sleep. Um, if you don't know, if you're unfamiliar with the Doctor Sleep, it is a Stephen King novel that is a sequel to his novel The Shining, which Stanley Kubrick's The Shining was based off of. Now, granted, Stephen King is known to hate Stanley Kubrick's Shining because it's pretty... It's incredibly different from the book. It, it kind of strays pretty far from the book that's why Stephen King really doesn't like The Shining but I mean The Shining is kind of objectively the best horror film that was ever made like it's my favorite horror film I have ever seen it's one of the scariest films I have ever seen The Shining itself it just encapsulates the whole concept of fear incredibly well like it I don't, it's something, like, it's it's one of those movies where it's just, like, there's something about it, whether it's the music, the shot selection, the way, I, the way, I don't know, the story is set up, or it's where it's told, where it's just, like, you were just uneasy throughout the entire film. Like, you're just, like, I, I don't know, like, there's nothing happening, like, they're just driving up a hill, and I'm already on edge, and I'm already disturbed. <laughs> like... 
fam- iconic opening scene. <sighs> Excuse me. But yeah, Doctor Sleep, uh, it's the sequel, and it's the film sequel. I mean, I'm pretty sure Doctor Sleep, this Doctor Sleep is a lot more similar to the the novel than Stanley Kubrick's Shining was to the novel, if, if that made sense. This movie's probably a lot similar to its corresponding book than Stanley Kubrick's Shining was to its corresponding book. That's what I'm trying to say. So, anyway. And so, I think, therefore, this this film is a little bit more of a sequel to the novel than the film. But, I mean, again, the, this it still makes a lot of call- callbacks to the film. I think it's definitely, it's faithful to both. I, I believe, I'm not incredibly sure. I haven't read The Shining, and I haven't read Doctor Sleep. I'll tell you now, this film kind of makes me want to go back and read The Shining. The only Stephen, book, Stephen King book I've read is It which is fucking phenomenal and so scary. Excuse me, sorry. But uh, yeah, maybe I should go back and read The Shining because I'll tell you now, Doctor Sleep is really good. I mean, is, is, it, is it as good as The Shining? No. I mean, was it gonna be? No. Was I expecting it to be? Fuck no. I mean, it's Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. I mean, it's heralded as one of the not not only one of the best horror films of all time, one of the best films in general of all time. I mean, Stanley Kubrick was one of the best filmmakers of all time. I mean, I'm sure I'll be talking about him again on this podcast. Um, yeah. So if you haven't seen The Shining, go see it. Go see The Shining. I don't know what you're doing. Go see it. I mean, even if if you're not into horror films, fucking force yourself to watch it because you're missing out. I mean, you might you might be scared shitless, and you might have nightmares for a week. I will say that. Just prepare yourself. I saw it as a kid, though. I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm so fucked up. Eh, whatever. I think I turned out fine. But whatever. Getting back to Dr. Sleep. All right. So, my knowledge on the book is very limited, because I have obviously haven't read the novel, and I haven't read The Shining. All, all I know is the film, The Shining. So is it a, was it a fate? Um, was it in uh, what, what word am I trying to say? Was it a good sequel to The Shining? Yes, the film it was, and I think a lot of people are th- are viewing it as a good sequel to the novel as well. So now the people behind this, um, the director, um, his name is Mike Flanagan, and if you're not familiar with Mike Flanagan. Um, he is the guy who did A Haunting of Hill House, TV, Netflix TV show, which is phenomenal. I think it's his best work. He also did, what else did he do? Um, he did Gerald's Game, which I also hear is one of the best Stephen King adaptions. That film is really good. He did Hush, which is another really claustrophobic horror film about a home invasion film but the main character is deaf so that's really intense and he also did a film that was I think it came out a while ago it was called Oculus which I really enjoyed that film and that kind of was just like oh that was one of those films where I watched it I was like oh who's that oh this that was a really good horror movie plus it has Katie Sackhoff in it and who doesn't love Katie Sackhoff I mean come on Starbuck Battlestar Galactica are you serious fuck yeah he also did a, a really good um, sequel to Ouija, which is so weird, because uh, I heard nothing but terrible things from the original Ouija, 
And then I heard like, oh, Ouija original origin of, of evil is pretty good. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. I'm a fan of horror. Checked it out. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that was good. <laughs> very unexpected. So he's a very talented horror filmmaker. And I think definitely the right choice to pick for Dr. Sleep. And he not only directed it, he also wrote the screenplay and he edited the film. So good on you, man. Hell yeah. Um, um, the cast is pretty, I mean, it's, it's not like incredibly large, but I mean, you have Owen McGregor, he plays Danny Torrance, he, uh, if you don't know, I mean, again, if you're listening to me, I hope you've seen The Shining, so in The Shining, there, there's, you know, Jack Torrance, who is, uh, Jack Nicholson's character, um, and then you have, uh, the mother, who is, uh, who is she played by? Fuck. But anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. And then they ha- they have a child, and his name's Dan. Um, and he's the one who can shine. He has this ability to... They call it sh- The Shining. That's where the title comes from, obviously. And this is like sort of like special telepathic power. And... Uh, this this film expands on that a lot more than the film does. The film that's the I think that's what the main problem with book readers have with The Shining. It doesn't really it doesn't go into the whole Shining part. It's really not that existent in the movie in the film The Shining, but it is here. It is a huge part, and it and it and it's very cool. And the main story of Doctor Sleep is that Danny's all grown up. Um, his mother has, uh, not, his mother has passed away, obviously, his father's dead, obviously, and he has this ability to shine and, you know, to kind of stifle that he, he's, he's an alcoholic, he's an alcoholic now, he's kind of a deadbeat, I mean, he's not really, a, I mean, he's a, yeah, he's kind of a deadbeat, and so, uh, he also, then he kind of comes in contact with this young girl who also has this ability to shine, but she is incredibly powerful. Like, her ability to shine is very, very powerful. Like, they do, they make a comparison in the film, but, like, a good comparison would be people, like, some people can shine, but they don't really, under, like, they don't really know that they can, whether it's their, they have really good intuition, or they're really good at sports, or something like that, and they they're they're pretty lucky or something like that. Those are those people can shine but they don't realize it realize it. Those people are kind of like dim candles. Danny realizes he can shine and he can use it. So he's more of like a bright light bulb. This girl is like a lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, she's like a lighthouse. She's like a searchlight. That's what the com- comparison they make in the film. So she's incredibly powerful. Now, in this movie, there's this cult of of humans, I don't, if you want to call them human beings, and they're led by this character named Rose the Hat, who is played by Rebecca Fer- Ferguson, brilliantly by Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson. She's awesome, by the way. She's great in the Mission Possible movies. She's great in this, and I think she's, and then she's also going to be in the new Dune film, so she's going to be Lady Jessica. Watch out. She's going to be stunning. She's incredibly beautiful, by the way. She's a great actress. She's so good in this film. But uh, yeah, her and her cult of followers basically kidnap and capture people, 
usually kids who have the shining ability and they torture them and they eat them for their shining ability. They call it, I forget what they call it. I don't know if they call it the, the steam. They call it the steam. And uh, so it, it makes them, and you see why they do it. And it's it makes sense. They develop their, their cult really well. I thought that was a really cool element. Another guy who's part of the cult, he plays Crow Daddy. His name's Zon McLaren. He's like a, of like Native American descent. He was uh, in Fargo season two. He plays, I mean, it's it's just, it's kind of nice to see him not play a stereotypical Native American character because he's Native American himself, and he's really great in the film. I think he's a fantastic actor. I, I, I kind of hope he's in more stuff because he's really great, and he's, again, he's great in this. He's intimidating, too. They're every, every one of the cult members is very intimidating, including Rose the Hat. <clears throat> but, yeah, uh... Getting back to Mike Flanagan, I've I've definitely been f- um, following his career a, a bit because I'm a huge horror fan, and when he was announced he was going to be doing Doctor Sleep, and I heard about what Doctor Sleep was, and I heard it was a Shining sequel, I was just like, I'm all in. I'm fucking all in. And yeah, I was right, I mean, I was right to be all in because this film, it was really good. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's not better than The Shining, and don't expect it to be, because it's not going to be. You're going to be let down. But, I mean, just kind of curb your curb your enthusiasm a little bit, I guess. So, yeah, uh, I, went over this, I went over the synopsis. Um, I will, Like I said, The Shining ability, like Danny's ability to shine, and this other um, little girl who can shine, who's, who's played by a brilliant actress. She did a really good job. Her name is Kylie Curran. Tyler Curran, I think that's her name. She was she was fantastic. She was really get she was really great. Um, but yeah, definitely, build, they build so much on the Shining ability, which is I really appreciate it because I know I've heard from people who've read The Shining that yeah, it's not really existent in Stanley Kubrick's film. So that was really cool to see, and it make and adds a whole other element. And but with that. Mike Flanagan still stays true to Stanley Kubrick's film in a lot of ways. I mean, sometimes it can be a little bit of a detriment to it because I can see why some people can criticize the film a lot because it's like, oh, well, that's ripped straight out of Kubrick's film. Like certain shots, like there's one scene that if you're familiar with the uh, Stanley Kubrick's film, there's a scene where Jack, Jack Nicholson's character, is interviewing for the caretaker job of the hotel. And, like, the certain way it was shot in that, like, one bright room, the interviewer, that that whole scene is pretty much exactly recreated in this film with Danny and another character, which I was just like, okay, I mean, cool. I, 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 I get the homage. Plus the whole, the uh, drive up to the Overlook Hotel is also kind of recreated. But I loved that. I loved the way uh, Mike Flanagan did that with um, Dr. Sleep. It was amazing. It was really cool. And it was like dark out and it was night and it looked really cool. I was just like, wow, this is a really awesome visual. I thought it was like, it was a good, it was a good throwback. A good like, oh yeah, remember, like remember this shit? Yeah, get fucking ready. (laughs) Prepare your anus because it's shit's about to get real, and it definitely did. But yeah, 
But with that, I also kind of spoil a little bit of it. They do go back to the hotel. Sorry, guys. They do go. I mean, come on. How do you not? I mean, of course they're going to go back to the Overlook. Come on, bruh. Get in the game. But anyway, yeah. Overall, faithful to the book and uh, to the novel, um, I believe, and definitely faithful to the to the film, I think. It's a, it's a worthy sequel. And and it has a lot. It had a lot to live up to because I mean, The Shining is no random throwaway film. It's not. It is one of the biggest films of all time. So he had a really large, heavy weight on his shoulders to like really usher in this this amazing film that that it was. I mean, I think I think some other criticisms of it could be valid because it is slow. I think. It's not really until the halfway point where it really starts to pick up. The film starts to really pick up. But there's a lot of scenes in the very beginning that are, you know, the normal shining, disturbing, and really scary and unsettling. But yeah, I mean, it's it's the, it's the, it's the good horror that I love. Like, there's really, I don't even think there's any, too many jump scares. I don't even think there's any jump scares. That's what makes Mike Flanagan so fucking awesome is because he kind of, he waits. Like, I mean, even the jump scares that he does have, it doesn't like, it's not a false jump scare like some fucking random cat or your friend. It's a legit jump scare that enhances the scare, you know? But I, I, I'm not like, thinking back to Doctor Sleep, I don't really, I don't think there's any too many like jumpy scares, which is really good. It's just disturbing imagery, which is what The Shining is, which which is what made The Shining... One, ahead of its time. Two, the greatest horror film of all time. In my, that's, that's my opinion, though. But, yeah. Again, it's a little slow in the beginning. But, I mean, again, it's, you, could, you could say that for a lot of horror films. It's just, it, it definitely takes its time. It takes its time. It is kind of long. I think it clocks in at, like, two, two hours, 11 minutes, I, I believe. So it does kind of feel a little bit long in the beginning, but like once it starts going, it, it really starts to go. And there's a lot of really, really cool visuals to really tide you over until like it really gets intense. But yeah. Um the main uh, the main care all the characters are great. Ellen McGregor is fantastic. Rebecca Ferguson uh Rebecca Ferguson's great. Kylie is great. She, she plays Abra, the little girl who can shine really really great. Yeah, all uh, all the side actors are really great. Um some familiar faces from other Mike Flanagan projects are in here and there. I was like, "Oh, uh, I remember you." So, yeah. Um Oh wait, hold on. This is not I'm just going to throw that off the desk because I'm getting confused. But yeah, all the acting's great. I mean, it, it's very, it's incredibly enjoyable as a Shining sequel. If you haven't seen The Shining, see see that first, then watch Doctor Sleep. Like, don't just go into Doctor Sleep. Just, you don't do that. You have to see The Shining first, because, I mean, it's it's assuming that you've seen The Shining first. So, go do that first. But yeah, um, I can see why some people might not enjoy it, or see a lot of problems with it, but, uh, I mean, as a shine, a shining f- film fan and a horror fan, it, it worked on mostly every level for me, so, yeah, if my opinion means anything, go see it, or, you know, rent it, like I did, but, yeah, 
if a Shining sequel interests you in any way, definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, like I said, watch The Shining first, then this one. Does it got the movie magic? Does it got the horror movie magic? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely believe so. It definitely does. It's incredibly well made. Um, the sound design is perfect, which is a really big part of horror film films. That's a lot of things that some people overlook. The sound is incredibly crucial in a horror in a horror movie, probably more than any other genre. I believe I would think like sound design and score is incredibly paramount, especially to a Shining film. Like in, in the original Shining, the the music is probably if not the top reason one of the top reasons why it's so fucking scary and disturbing and it always you always seem on everything is always unsettling even some random shot that's really usually wouldn't be but it is because of the music in the background so music is very paramount and it and dr sleep nails it there's always this like constant like heartbeat like heart pumping thing throughout the film, which kind of sets you on edge throughout the entire film, so they definitely carry that over from The Shining, of this constant <clears throat> um, feeling of un- being unsettled and disturbing, disturbed, basically, you're just constantly unsettled, like, on the edge of your seat, kind of like, you know, crunching your nails type of feeling, so yeah, it nails that, it's, it's, it's good, go s- check it out, I mean, if you're a fan of The Shining, I mean, come on, I don't, go see it. I know it didn't make a lot of money when it came out in theaters, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. So support it. It's 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 a really good film. Sorry, I keep rambling and stuff. I just kind of want to get my thoughts out on these three these three topics. So hopefully you enjoyed this. Um, like I do at the end of every one of my episodes, I want to you know talk to you guys individually and say that uh, it's okay to not be okay. Um, I do this at the end of every one of my episodes. You know, um, the fact that if you're having a hard time right now, it's it's okay to, you know, be down. Just, just know that uh, tomorrow's a new day and that, you know, tomorrow might not be as bad as today is. You know, just because today sucks doesn't mean tomorrow or next week or next month will be. So, you know, you hang in there and you take those really bad things that happen to you and you turn them into positive things. I mean, obviously, you know, not everything can be turned into a positive. Some shit does really suck. And, you you know, you can't really get anything positive out of it. But, I mean, you, you usually can. And use it for personal growth and become a better person because that's just... That's what you, that's what, that's what you have to do. That's why, I mean, I'm probably what bad things have, bad things are for. Hold on. What was that? Okay. That was weird. There was some random fucking thing. Oh, my apartment's haunted. That's great. That's awesome. I'm glad. So, I mean, good way to get out of that, you know, emotional message. But yeah, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Just know that. That you can you you you're you're still here, you know. All we're all we all are trying to do is just survive and get by and find our place in this world, and that's all you can do. So with that, guys, I mean that's kind of the end. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope 
I hope to really uh, hope everything looks good with my camera. I mean, again, you're not gonna you're not gonna see it, but hopefully, um, the recording of my next episode goes well, and you guys enjoy that one too. Look out for that. Um, it's a big episode. I think it's gonna be really special. Uh, I'm working on it right now. I'm watching the films this week and taking notes. So I, I watched the first one last night and have all the notes written up for it. So two more to go and then uh, recording this weekend. So yeah, with that guys, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. Love all you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.